everybody, and welcome to the Sports Media Podcast with Richard Deitch. My producer, as always, is Lou Pellegrino. Our guest this week is someone who was on my Sports Illustrated podcast, one of the first guests, July 10th, 2015. So it's been a long time since I spoke with her. But um, for those who listen to this podcast know she was incredibly forthright and honest. Um, it was one of the better podcasts I did, I thought, at SI. So I'm glad she's back. Uh, it is Carissa Thompson. She's the host of Fox NFL Kickoff and NFL Films Presents, which airs on FS1. Carissa, it's been a long time since uh, we at least talked for taping. Welcome back to the Sports Media Podcast. Thank you for having me back. I thought I did something wrong last time. You know, I haven't heard from you in, in years. I'm, I'm married and I've got six kids at this point. Congratulations on your marriage and six kids. Chris, nope, still single. Still single. Now we'll eventually get it. We'll eventually get into that. I mean, Chris, I can follow your career via Twitter and Instagram and, you know, all the very, I mean, you, you have so many famous people in your life at this point. It's, it's honestly hard to, uh, it's honestly hard to keep up. Um, oh, yes. You know, I had to sit down. I'm exhausted keeping track of all of the celebrities I'm friends with. You right. know? Nice. All right. Send my best to Brad and Gwyneth. Um, <laughs> all right. Carissa, last August. I need you to focus, Carissa. Last August. Oh, dude, that's hard. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you decided to resign with Fox. Um, and I want to get into some of the reasons as to why. Because at the same time, you took a break from your hosting of um, of entertainment programs and you know, you made a decision that you were going to stick with Fox, you were going to um, continue to do sports, but you were really just going to focus for the most part on Fox NFL kickoff. So what was what was your sort of, at, at that point of your career, what was your thought process as to why you resigned and what you wanted to do? So a couple things, and going backwards to get to present day, is, you know, when we spoke last, I was about to start Extra, I believe, right? Yep. Wasn't it? It was in July, so I had started there. I started in September, and... You know, as I've now learned in this business, if an opportunity presents itself, you're crazy not to take it. And I consulted with a few people that I respect in this business who have also made that transition into entertainment, from Aaron to Michael Strahan, and, and especially as it pertained to working a full-time entertainment job. So once I solicited some advice from those people, I was like, well, this is crazy for me not to take this opportunity, even though I really wasn't your quintessential entertainment reporter. I don't really care what someone's wearing. I don't really even know who's dating who. My best friend Sarah Walsh used to joke. She's like, you have no idea who these people are. Like, I would go and do an interview, and I'm like, Charlie Hunam. She's like, that's not his name. (laughs) I was like, right. Um, So it wasn't necessarily that I was chomping at the bit to get into the entertainment space, but for me, I try to grab any opportunity that I can, and so this opportunity was there, and it was a wonderful place to live um, every day on TV in an entertainment space. And Mario uh, was a very generous co-host. And I really did, even with some trepidation of entering into that space, I really enjoyed my time at Extra. Um, And as it came, my contract was up at the end of three years. My original contract was only two years. So I, I signed an additional year and then that year was up again. And I was sort of in a position to make a decision. Well, the opportunity after some conversations with Mike Greenberg, were, were about the new show that he was going to be spearheading, and I have the utmost most respect for, for Greenberg and clearly what he's done with his career, that even for him to ask if I would be interested in aligning myself with him or even next to him uh, in that show seemed of great interest to me. So I explored that, and I spoke with him a number of different times, and at that point, my contract given that it was you know, uh, at an end with Extra, I had to make a decision if I was going to stay at Extra. Well, I didn't know if I could stay at Extra if I was going to take the ESPN job. Well, I was still contractually you know, obligated to, to Fox. And I've always been, it's a positive and a negative, and you know this, which um, I appreciate you having me back on because sometimes I'm too honest. But I, I didn't want any of my employers to feel that I was doing anything behind their back, so I was fully transparent about what was happening. To make a long story short, Timing-wise, I had to make a decision if I was going to stay in sports or go into entertainment. And um, given the timeline of the things, I had to say no to entertainment because I still hadn't made a decision between ESPN and the Fox thing. Hmm. Again, there wasn't an offer on the table. Nobody from ESPN said, here's the contract, take it or leave it. These were just conversations between me and Greenberg and a couple different people. And ultimately, you know, it all ended up playing out the way that it is. I 
Fox has been incredible to me. They came and they said, here's an offer to do X, Y, and Z. And I made a decision to stay at Fox um, because that was the best thing for me. Well, then at that point, now I can't go back and go take my entertainment job. So I just sort of went all chips in at Fox. And, and that's sort of where I'm at. It also allowed me the opportunity to take a little time for me personally because I had been on that three-year grind of working full jobs full-time. And I am now 100 years old, and I thought to myself, maybe I should designate some time to a personal life. And even though I joke about, you know, my, my uh, relationship status, I did think it was important to sort of take a 20-second time out. That being said, I enjoy working. So that's where I now have an opportunity to sort of do some other projects that, that are really of interest to me outside even the sports world. So that's where we're at with that. All right, that's I've, the longest no, ended answer you've no, ever heard. That's good, though, because, again, this is why you're a good podcast guest because you're transparent. Uh, you go long, which is ultimately what you want in a podcast. And now there are follow-ups that come up. Um, can Without... I mean, you, you want to sort of obviously be a little proprietary when it comes to what you talked about with Mike Greenberg, but I just think the audience would be fascinating by when when the host of a show is calling someone who could be a potential co-host with them. What are those conversations like? Is he asking? Is he trying to figure out if you have chemistry over the phone, or is he telling you what his he thinks his philosophy will be of this show, and could you fit into this philosophy? Well, um, you know, and, and I didn't know Mike that well um, when I was at ESPN because our schedules overlapped. I, you know, he was the morning guy and I was afternoon with Sports Nation. And, and when I was on Numbers Never Lie, those shows never really had a crossover. And it wasn't like I was appearing on his show for any reason. So uh, it was more of a periphery relationship. So I think ultimately when those first conversations started happening, it wasn't like, hey, I want you to be on the show. It was like, Hey, are you, do you like where you're at right now? Where do you want to go with your career? And ultimately, and I've never been abashed by this. And I said it to you the last time we spoke when you said, what's your ultimate job? I've always wanted to be on a morning show. Right. I mean, and that's part of the reason I decided to, to take that entertainment job was because I needed to, you know, the sports analogies of, of life, I needed to learn to play on the other side of the ball. I needed to, to add that entertainment piece of the pie or puzzle to my life. That's great that you, you've lived in the sports space for a decade, but working red carpets and being around actors and actresses and dealing with publicists, it's a very, very different world. People are like, oh, which one did you like better? And I don't want to say better, but I've always preferred sports because when working in entertainment, you're working with individuals and their publicists. Whereas like with athletes, you have a team publicist. For example, if I wanted to go and get an interview with an athlete during the off season, I could just contact them directly and not have to go through the team PR person. Whereas an actor or an actress has that gatekeeper as their publicist. It's like, well, they go through my publicist and it's a lot more protected right. and they're employing those services to protect, you know, the publicists are always, if I was to go back and do it again, I'd be best friends with every publicist because your reputation and your interviews go by way of the relationship that you have with that individual and the discretion that they want to have with you, which, which is like anything. If you've got a relationship with an athlete over the years where they trust you and you trust them kind of a thing, you're going to get certain interviews. The same holds true in the entertainment world. It's just, you've got to, you got to get in good with the public. Okay. So anyways, that, that's one thing, but I wanted to be on an inter I wanted to be on a morning show. I still do want to be on a morning show. It's still my ultimate goal because it's the culmination of all things. I love live television. I love, you know, the athlete world, but also the entertainment world and it's the convergence of all of those things. Don't put me on a cooking segment. I'm going to fail that one, but everything else I can do. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that once I sort of allowed myself the opportunity to be like, Hey, I'm going to go all in here. I'm going to have no life really. And it's cost me relationships. And then, I, you know, I told you the last time we were on here, like my marriage suffered um, because you throw yourself into work. But I, I don't have any regrets. And by the way, this is a luxury to have a couple different jobs in the world where sometimes people just try to get one. So none of that's lost on me. Right. So to go to circle back um, to your initial question about Greenberg, it was just sort of like, where do you want to go? And, and where like, where do you want your career to be? You know couple years from now and, and so on and so forth so they were preliminary conversations and there was like i said there was never a contract presented to me there was never like hey it's this or that um they were all just sort of exploratory questions that were being asked um also for him to sort of gauge my interest if that 
ended up having, you know, down the line being an option. Did did you um have you found that since the show has been cast and obviously it's Mike Greenberg, Michelle Beadle, Jalen Rose, um, it's obviously a different network. But do you find yourself at all, uh, or have you found yourself at all watching it just to sort of see what it ultimately of became? Yeah. Of course, it's like if you were talking to a guy and you end up not dating him. Like, you're not going to go on his Instagram page and look at who his new girlfriend is. I mean, you're crazy if you don't do that. I'm kidding. That makes me sound crazy, but I have done that. Um, No, I I think you definitely, just just as a fan in the sports space or a fan of television, I like to see, just because I wasn't on it doesn't mean I don't want to see what they ended up doing, you know, with the format of the show, with the studio. I mean, there was lots of conversations about, not, not just even pertaining to me, but Sort of, you know, the construction of that incredible set in New York, and um, to to say that I wouldn't watch uh, would be a lie. I absolutely watch. I watched the first couple just to sort of see how it all came together. Uh, after that, I, I I didn't really need to um, continue watching just because it wasn't something that I I don't want to say I wanted to watch. It just I, I don't. It wasn't. It wasn't something that I, I continued watching after that, and that's not a knock on on anybody on the show, of course. Like I've, Jalen, I consider somebody that I'm very close with. Um, I think it's documented that Michelle and I are not friends, and, and that's nothing against her. I always wish her continued success, and I think she's done an incredible job in her respective space. And I, I appreciate appreciate anybody that works. Nobody. She works her ass off. I mean, her her schedule, you know, between the NBA and that show, and I. I have the utmost respect for her her work ethic in that regard, and she doesn't need my adulation, but I, I respect the grind that she's on. Um, you know, and, and of course, I've got uh, a decent relationship with, with Mike, and, and even after everything sort of played out the way it did, we there was no hard feelings whatsoever, because like I said, it wasn't like I didn't get, it wasn't, I never had the offer. I never, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, oh, the house was an escrow, and I didn't get it. It, it wasn't even on the market. Yet, if that makes sense, <laughs> it does. Like it was just like, hey, this area is, would be a place that maybe I want to live in, but it wasn't a specific house and it wasn't a specific deal for me, and everything works out the way that it should. Um, and for me, I couldn't be happier, honestly, Richard. Without sounding cheesy, like I love being, I love living in Los Angeles, and love working for Fox. Fox has been incredible to me. I've never missed words about sort of what they, what who they've been, and especially everything that's happened to me over the last, you know, few months. Um, I think it just goes back to that real family relationship that I have with them. And they, they are family to me um, for a lot of different reasons. And they, they're great. So, so yes, I, I appreciated that there was exploratory conversations about something. Um, but I'm, I'm very happy with the end result. Today's episode of the Sports Media Podcast with Richard Deitch is sponsored by Buffalo Wild Wings. At Buffalo Wild Wings, we admit that we often go overboard with our limited time offerings. We just can't help ourselves. Take our new signature sampler. For $15, you get wings and three shareable options like fried pickles or cheese curds. Then there's our aptly named over-the-top nachos. That is a literal mountain of crispy tortilla chips loaded with your choice of pulled pork or honey barbecue grilled chicken, corn, jalapenos, and more. Then you can top it all off with our new platinum margarita. Go overboard with us today at Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings Beer Sports, available for a limited time while supplies last. Please drink responsibly. Chris, I want to ask you about this, and I obviously know that um, um, you can only per- perhaps go so far legally, and, you know, there are probably things that you just even emotionally don't want to go so deep into. So, you know, wherever your comfort level is, please answer as such. Um, earlier this year, you had private photos of yours that were hacked and leaked online, which was a pretty incomprehensible um, invasion of privacy. How um, how has the aftermath of that been for you? Well, a couple things. Um, you know, covering entertainment for those three years, I would report on stories like this, the Jennifer Lawrence uh, of the world and, and all of those women, the deplorable things um, that they had to go through um, given, you know, their accounts being hacked. And, and it's now that I, unfortunately, has, this has happened to me, I have been engulfed in the number of different uh, public figures uh, that this has happened to. So I understand that I'm not an anomaly. I'm actually sort of now one of the many that this happens to. I just remember reporting on it, and I was like, oh, my God, that would be awful. I would never want that to happen to me. 
And then when, I'll never forget, I was walking, um, without sounding dramatic, cue the music, um, I was leaving the bank, and I remember thinking to myself, like, guys, I was, like, walking in, like, a really, like, great neighborhood in L.A. It was, like, Redwood, and I was like, oh, that's such a great neighborhood. Blah, blah, blah. Like, my life is so great, and, you know. And I got a call from uh, my best friend, Sarah, and she said, oh, my God, you're on the Internet. And I was like, wait, what? And it was that moment, and then I immediately, like, Googled my name, and all this stuff popped up, and the next call I made was to Aaron, um, of course, you know, my relationship with Aaron um, Andrews and I just, I lost it. Like I started like screaming because she's the first person that came to mind because nobody else that I knew had been through that. Mm. And she was such a huge, 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 and still even now with some of the stuff I'm going through, a huge support system for me. Um, and she felt it on, on a level that I won't even begin to understand given you know the nature of what happened to her. But um, I just remember thinking, if this like can't be real, and the pictures and everything were obviously from a relationship that I was in, and I had heard, you know, and reporting on these stories of like, oh, well, why would you be so dumb and have these pictures on your phone and this and that, and I had to continue to sort of think to myself, like, why didn't I just erase these or why? Like these were from so long ago um, that it was really, really tough, and of course, there's an embarrassment, and I uh, look very open with my life and I I don't um, I don't hide a lot of things but when it comes to your physical and you know being and yes I'll put uh, I've posted pictures in the bathing suit I get that but intimate photos between you and your boyfriend or things that you send to someone when you're in a long distance relationship and in love are are your private property so it felt the obvious it's such an invasion but then it also was that steps that I'm still even taking to get back that privacy is unbelievable. And yeah, I can't go too deep into it, but essentially I had to, how I equate it is someone came in, robbed my home of all of its possessions, put it out on the cul-de-sac right in front of me, and I had to buy all of it right back and put back in my house. Because all those pictures, once they went up, I then immediately, and thank God, my lawyer, um, you know, with the advice of, my agent and, and, and friends were like, you need this guy, you need this, da, 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 and these are the steps. And, and I, you know, my agent's been incredible in my life for a lot of different reasons, but in these moments where they step up and even, even you know, Constance um, isn't, isn't my agent, she's not my manager, but she's a friend and like, she's like, you need this person, you need this person. And like, just really, Constance Schwartz, who's, um, who's Aaron's manager, but just, I couldn't believe how many people were like, look, this is, this is the action here's how we're going to fix it and like came to my rescue. And I was in a really bad place for a while after that because I started questioning me. I was like, I'm so, I'm so open with a lot of things in my life, but this was so private that I just, it was really tough. And I was kind of, you know, and I get like emotional. Um, it was take your time. Really. It was just really shitty. Um, because then you like, you know, I try to, I try to bring levity to a lot of situations and like laugh stuff off. But this one, this one was tough. And I start to be like, you know, I don't know. I just, I felt dumb that I had left those pictures and they weren't even on my phone. Like, that's the thing. Everyone's like, oh, I was like, but they were on an iCloud from however many years ago. And, and now when further investigating it, that iCloud was obviously hacked and, and that's the legal stuff I can't get into which continue to, to it's the ongoing part of it but yeah so sorry for crying no but, listen um, yeah it was shitty I, I, can, I can I can understand it um, the last thing I'll sort of ask on this and then we'll sort of get to some better topics sorry, is does, is so there dramatic, right? no 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 listen it's, I don't think it's dramatic at all I, I, I can't even sort of comprehend um, having to uh, to deal with that Do you, I, I just wonder, like, would will there be satisfaction for you if you can get some kind of justice on this? Or the fact is that, like, even if you get justice, the sort of the act happened, and now you just have to sort of rebuild and and go from there. Yeah, I mean, um, gain my composure again. I'm sorry, but um, I think a lot of life, in, <laughs> excuse me, a lot of how I was raised was. It's not what happens to you. It's how you react to what happens to you. So 
I have to take responsibility for, hey, yes, I understand that this was a personal relationship and private and this is between me and a boyfriend, but all right, let's not, let's not, let's not, you know, keep, don't make the same mistake twice. So it's like, all right, then you have to make an adjustment. Um, and I, I will go after, I mean, I, and I am, um, because I believe in having to pay and my consequences for someone's actions. So I would be doing myself a disservice and it would sort of, I like to, for example, and again, everything has to come back to sports analogies for me, but I, I'm going to play a full game. I'm not going to like give up in the third quarter. So whatever resources, and it's an, it's an astronomical amount of money to try to go after somebody, especially in the cyberspace where, you know, there's no, the digital footprint and, and isn't DNA. Like you can, you can mask who you are in the internet a lot different um, than you can when, when an actual like physical crime has been committed, not a cyber crime. So anyways, to just sort of wrap that situation up, I just had reported on it happening to people. I had had, you know, my closest friends, you know, have to, have to deal with something like that. And then it, it finally happened to me. I think there's a little bit of like embarrassment and guilt and all that kind of stuff. But then I'm also like, well, that's that. Like, I, I'm sorry that that was like personal stuff that should have never been taken. And like, even when they would say, oh, don't be so stupid and take those. It's like, okay, well, then give me your phone and any text message or any email that you've sent, let me see it. Let me just, let me just put those out for the world to read or to see. Well, and like, what do you mean? It's like, well, that was in your phone. That was personal stuff that you were sharing with somebody else, and you don't expect those things to become public. But it is what it is. Um, it sucks, and, you know, that's fine. But it's also like I'm sort of next play person that that was shitty. I'm going to take the, the necessary steps to um, go after that person, and that's what I'm doing. And um, after that, just sort of, you know, I, I went to the Super Bowl right after that, and I, I questioned whether I should go. I had a couple of appearance things that I was doing, and I didn't want to go at first, and I was like, no, 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 no. That's not who you are. I'm like, go. You acknowledge the, the situation in the room. You bring some levity to it, but then also bring levity with an iron fist kind of thing. Like, okay. Like, you know, Silver, who I'm Mike Silver, <laughs> I like are really close. And like even just making like funny comments would make me feel better. It's like, Oh, you look different with your clothes on. And it's like that, that was funny because it was coming from him. And like, he tried to make me laugh. And then that, and once you sort of get that, that out of the way and you sort of see those people who are uncomfortable, because what I've also realized is people are uncomfortable approaching you. But if you just sort of go, Hey, yep. So just Google me. <laughs> hold on. Hold on a second. Chris Harrison, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Harrison. <laughs> Chris is at the. Chris, do you want to say hi to Richard? Okay, he says he doesn't like you. <laughs> well, um, we're at Rob Riggle's celebrity celebrity softball tournament. Uh, you know, Chris and I are the celebrity. That's why we have to wear name tags. But um, <laughs> apparently, there's a bus leaving. I'm gonna just all the Uber over. Oh, we're walking. I am. I Uber everywhere. Uh, listen, you could, we could, you could, you could certainly walk, and continue. we're not cutting any of this. So, I like, I like uh, atmospheric sound, and when things, you know, when the podcast doesn't go uh, clean. Look, Chris, I feel like the levity I should bring to this now is I should ask you um, because you're such a huge cocktail fan. Is a uh, Tom Cruise uh, extension of Top Gun a good or bad idea? No. Why do they wait? They're talking about making. They're talking about making another. Top they are gun. not talking about. They're making a. They're making a, a new Top Gun where Tom Cruise is essentially the like lead instructor now at the Top Gun facility, and there's probably some okay, young few things young pi- pi- well, pilots coming in. No, I think that's a horrible idea. There's a few things that you just leave alone. Like you don't make a Breakfast Club two. You don't make a Steel Magnolias <laughs> two. You don't make a Top Gun two. Like certain things, The Wizard of Oz. Ever heard? Wizard of Oz 2, no, no Gone with the Wind 2. Like, just leave Casablanca. I mean, I could go on that. Just leave some things alone. I don't I don't like that at all. There's no more Mission Impossible you can make. I mean, what's happening here? <laughs> Lou, I, I gotta be honest. Lou, Lou, I gotta... Way, Tom Cruise, one of the nicest people I've ever interviewed. Yeah, he's... It's not, cu- a, um, it's not an indictment on him. It's like an indictment on him, excuse me, but it's like, it's I love him. He just, I don't want him to mess with that. I can't disagree. An inverted die with a MiG-28. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I can't disagree. I can't disagree with Carissa's argument. No, I think she's, certain- she's wrong on Top Gun, and, and I think she's actually wrong on Breakfast Club, too. I'd love to see Ali Sheedy now at like 50. There are certain movies, there are certain movies that are untouchable, that don't need 
a sequel, and that is one of them. Top Gun. Listen, I'd rather than put the old Top Gun out and revamp it with like all the sound and CGI. And if you want to do that, no. but I, Carissa, why do you hate Leave it alone. Carissa? Why do you hate Kenny Loggins? What what happened to you when you were younger, <laughs> Sir Kenneth Loggins? <laughs> what is your problem with Kenny Loggins, Chris? Uh, I'm just looking for a tissue to cry. That, sorry, I really, you know, me crying about that. But whoa, no, look, yeah, listen. Anyway, I know. But I, 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 love, I, pr- I love it. I love getting an interview subject to cry. So congratulations. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I feel like Barbara Walters. <laughs> <I'm> very, very <laughs> exciting. Um, all right, but I appreciate that. You do not have to talk about that with me. But you've always been incredibly transparent with me and many others. So. Um, no, I actually haven't talked about it with anyone. I, I, oh, really? Well, okay. I, I'm fabulous, clearly, is what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's. T- if we're we're going to continue on this comic reign. It, it, Ryan Russillo is now officially your roommate. Can you sort of explain to me what is going on here? Well, see, here's the, here's the situation with that. Is that okay? So it's been a rough nine months, and it's not because I was pregnant and had a child. It's just been a rough nine months given the cyber the cyber thing happened. I pick up the pieces after that. I you know learn all the lessons with that, and I, you know, onward and upward. And then I'm uh, in Buffalo uh, for an interview, Kyle Williams for the NFL Presents show that I'm doing, and I get a text, and Ryan, uh, Ryan so Ryan used to be Sarah Walsh's neighbor in, in Connecticut, and Ryan's best friend is Sarah's husband. Sarah and I are obviously best friends, and, like, it's sort of been this Melrose place, like, we're all really good <laughs> friends. And Are, so you, are, Ryan, you, jo- are you Josie Bissett in this equation? Like, who would you be then if... Is Ryan well, Andrew Shue? Oh, you're Locklear. Oh, yeah, of course, blonde. I, I take that back. Yeah, bad job on me. <laughs> right. So, although she had a good haircut, uh, that chick. So, she, uh, so Ryan was, you know, moved out to California and whatnot, and his sprawling estate, um, and I won't say what town it is, wasn't ready for him to move into yet. And so he was like staying in a hotel. I was like, Ryan, don't stay in a hotel. Just like crash at my house because I'm gone all the time. Like I've been on the road a ton. And Ryan is Ryan is so like private and wonderful. He's like, I'm not going to do that. And I was like, right, just stay at the fucking house. Like, I, I'm not there. He's like, okay. So he's staying there, and I am in Buffalo, and I get a text, which I received in the morning, being like, hey, do you know this guy? Whatever I'll say his name, because I had to put it out and ask if anyone knew who this guy was. This guy named Todd Poole. Very long story short, which is another thing. No, I'm not going to cry about this one. This one I'm just pissed off about is... This guy had showed up at my house. Ryan came back from dinner, and this guy was standing behind my garbage cans in, like, an unlit area as you're making your way into my, like, entrance area of my house. And he, Ryan was like, because the sensor lights came on, and Ryan was sort of like, whoa, 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 who's this, who are you? And he's like, oh, I'm here to surprise Carissa for her birthday. And and Ryan at first was like, wait, what? Like, kind of take it like, maybe this person. And he's like, yeah, no, call her. She knows I'm here. Well, I'm three hours, I'm in Buffalo, I'm three hours you know, ahead, and, and I'm sleeping at the time, and I miss Ryan's call, and he's like, this guy, to expedite the story, goes on this whole thing of like, no, we've been messaging, and da 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 and Ryan's like, all right, well, then show me the messages, and Ryan's doing the interrogation and question, great line of questions, like all these things, like, why are you here, how do you know where she lives, and all this kind of stuff, and obviously nothing is adding up, and the guy's like, oh, I don't actually have messages with her, but I just feel like I know her, because of the way she speaks on on. In, uh, you know, social media, blah, blah, blah. And Ryan's like, wait a minute. Like, none of this is adding up. Like, you got to get out of here, man. This guy is, has a suitcase. And, you know, and so Ryan leaves and then calls the cops and the whole kind of thing. And then there's some stuff going on with that. But the reality is this. Like, had I come home that night, like, what, what was I going to do? My neighbors are never there because of the area that I live. It's sort of like whatever. They, they live in other places and they come in and out. More like vacation kind of places. And I'm in a very, like, sort of isolated area. Nice. So thank God, thank God, it was Ryan who intercepted this guy. Um, but then now it's sort of like, well, you know, and, and I didn't. I have video, I have cameras in my house, but I, my I had a guy who like the IT guy who installed them couldn't pull the video for a couple of days. So originally I had put out an Instagram post because at that point, like I only been going off Ryan's description, and I just in the world of social media, as much as sometimes we hate it, um, it could be a great way to get you know, information on people. And right. so I sort of reached out and, and publicly like asked if anybody knew anything about this guy. I don't even know if that's his real name or, you know, anything, whatever. Um, then needless to say, I was able to get the footage. And then after watching the footage, this guy was at my house for two and a half hours. Oh man. Um, I have two like entrances, like a side entrance and then another door thing. He was trying to open the door. He was lifting up flower pots, looking for keys, um, pacing back and forth, has this huge like luggage in two and a half hours of while Ryan was at dinner, and then you see Ryan's car on the footage like pull up and and sort of their whole exchange and 
And now, you know, and, and then it's like the whole, well, why couldn't you know where you live? When I first bought the house, I was really proud of, A, I bought my own, own house, and it was my dream home and something, whatever. And, yeah, you take pictures of, like, I'm like, ah, and it wasn't like, it was like, air to me. It was like, oh, look at my, it wasn't. Like, I didn't take a picture outside of my house. I took a picture of, like, oh, I live, at, whatever, I live in Malibu, and I was really proud of myself for, the you know, doing it on my own kind of a thing. Right. And so then, in retrospect, you know, it, it the advice from my father's old school and, and everybody else being like, well, that's why you can't take pictures at your house. And it's like, what I have come to learn is everything is public record. Like my house was in a trust. And so I didn't think that, you know, the address was public, but guess what it is? Like there's an app called been verified and didn't know this until after the fact you can put in someone's name and age and seven out of eight times, it will come up with somebody's address. I came up with my parents' address, like all of this stuff that's wow. public record. So the reality, and again, I'm not a celebrity. Like there is like, if you want to find somebody, you can find someone. And to say that I'm no longer comfortable in that space would be an understatement. So I've now sort of made a joke. I'm like, Ryan, I can't, and again, I've been on the road so much, so it's not that big of a deal. But when I come back, I came home the other night from a uh, interview in Jacksonville and I was like hey Ryan uh, can you meet me outside because I don't feel comfortable and I'm, I'm not a small girl like I'm kind of like tough in, in a lot of ways but I like didn't want to get out of the car until like you know I could have somebody like walk me um to the door and I, I hate feeling like that and it's a very uncomfortable place to be so it was like dealt with the cyber stuff and then I got dealt with this thing and I'm like what am I doing wrong here my dad's like maybe you should be off social media and I'm like it, it's not even a social media thing like yeah obviously I'm not posting my address but Sort of who I am by nature is very much like, you know, in the world that we live in, let's go back to me reporting on Kim Kardashian when she got, you know, the jewels sold in Paris because she was like saying she was there and whatever. Like, in no way am I comparing myself to Kim Kardashian, but I'm just following the timeline of right. you say something on your social media channels, then that literally gives a blueprint for whoever wants to do something to you, to your home, whatever. Um, they can. So I've been... I've, I've sort of been working through my natural tendency to just, um, I am struggling and we're well, not struggling. I'm learning sort of how to still be authentic with who I am and also be smarter about sort of the things or where I say I am or what I'm doing. And, um, that's a lesson for me. Yeah. I don't think that that necessarily is a, it sh- I should, I don't, I don't think that it's, it's fair that, I have to have like some whack job um, be waiting for me when I get home. But again, go back to the my father lessons. It's not you know, what happens to you; it's how you handle how you handle what happens to you. Yeah. So that's been another lesson for me. I'm like, all right, well then, I can be a little bit smarter about this situation. And you know, Ryan's been wonderful, but I also know that I'm a 36 year old woman that like can't have a babysitter all the time. So I've taken some necessary steps. Um, so. I'm glad I got he, that taken care of. Ryan doesn't have to. Have well, yeah, no, I'm glad he's been an incredible friend. Glad he was on. there. Really glad he was there. I mean, is um, are you trying to? T- are you taking steps for this 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 guy who showed up? Uh, at least the the the, the law all enforcement is uh is aware of this at least, right? Um, yes, all, all right. of the above, and that's sort of all I want to say about that. But yeah, no, I got uh, it. I understand again to sort of finish the game in the, in the prosecution of certain things it's that um you know i home is i really loved my home and i love i felt you know the place that i wanted to be but now um some of those things some of that comfort has been taken away yeah, so not, i've never been somebody to run from things um i just think that again sports 101 you make adjustments in the game plan for what you had um so that's what i'm doing yeah i, I mean that's 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 such shit i'm really i'm sorry to have uh to have heard that, I I want to ask you. It, I mean, it's a little tangential, but and it's sort of a little. Uh, maybe it's not the greatest sort of segue question, but ha, ha, Carissa, has it been? Has what kind of adjustment has it been for you to get some kind of level of fame? Um, in that you you worked in sports and you were certainly, I think, known in a sports capacity for being, uh, you know, high profile person who worked for a big place like Fox. You do the extra stuff. It sort of takes you into a different place because even if you're not starring in a film, you are interacting and mingling with some of the most famous people in the world. Um, I know you're friends with Larry David. That's, again, a guy who sort of is a very, very famous guy. But you didn't grow up as, as part of, like, uh, you know, the royal family or, like, uh, the Douglas family. You know, you're not from some showbiz family. So 
I, I wonder, because this, obviously I'm not going to experience this and most people aren't, but what is it like to get adjusted to people caring about what you do, people looking um, at photos of you, commenting about you and everything you do? Is it, is it, I don't know, that seems to me just that the great thing about fame I get, but there's also this other side that must be surreal and shitty. Well, I appreciate the um, classification of fame, which I definitely don't feel like I am in, in any capacity um, famous. I think it's very, it's always been very clear to me that I interview famous people right. and I'm on the other side of the rope. Um, so I don't, yes, although I've had the wonderful opportunity to maybe, you know, rub elbows and, and hang out in a social environment, a social setting, but I'm very clear about who's famous and who's not. Um, Larry and I's friendship goes back, you know, even a decade there too and I'm very clear like I become protective of, of Larry even though he doesn't need that but where you know people want that's famous people want a picture with Larry or people want interactions with whatever and I he doesn't he's um he's such a aside from his character in some ways um which is People actually think of him. He is like one of the nicest, kindest people. So doesn't want to say no to a picture. Doesn't want to say no to certain things. But I, I feel like um, I'll be the bad guy. Does that make sense? Or like an yeah. like not just him, but like an athlete. Um, like I'll say no. He's not taking pictures right now or whatever because I'd rather have someone be mad at me than at um, those sort of people. But it's, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm very clear about I'm not famous and, and the same thing. I mean, sure, maybe people know that um, I was doing a movie preview in a hotel room, an extra at the movies, but people would be like, oh, you're on, on in hotel rooms. I'm like, well, yeah, I actually do a show um, called Extra, but sure, it's in hotel rooms, too. Like, it was like a joke about uh, more people saw me in the hotel rooms doing movie previews than they did anywhere, <laughs> anywhere else. But I think that the moment that you confuse yourself with actually being one of the interview subjects is where you sort of lose a little bit of your head about you and I grew up in a family that would never let me do that I think that even the last time we did this podcast I was like oh my father would kill me if I had lip injections and then I got um, a lip injection and I was like well this is definitely not me and I went back and I made her take it out wow I, like, I look like an asshole I was like this I said I was never going to do this and somehow I did this because I thought that it would look better and now I just look like an idiot I literally went back to my girl I was like you have to take this out which fun fact you can dissolve that so all is right in the world but there's certain things in life where you're like, wait a minute, this isn't who I am. It was never who I was supposed to be. It's never who I wanted to be. And so just be careful that slippery slope that you go down and, and trying to maintain, you know, humility like throughout the, throughout the process, I think is something that I've always hopefully um, been able to maintain because nobody's got, stopping me to ask me for my, for my autograph. And I prefer, prefer it that way. I don't envy people that are, restricted to their homes or certain things. And yes, I, I, I don't feel bad for celebrities. I don't feel bad for high-profile athletes. Like, they live great lives. They make a ton of money. Sure, there's certain perils that come with that, but uh, there's worse things, worse problems to have. It, but, so, but I, I, I mean, I hate the fact that I want to ask you this, but, like, is it, horrible, is, is it horrible for me to ask how much lip injections cost? No. it was So I only took um, some of my top lips because I was, like, pretty happy with my bottom lips. So the top lip, it was like a couple hundred dollars. And huh, then it was, right. they're like, oh, it'll swell in a couple of days. I looked like such an asshole. I like went back, like not even like a day later. And I was like, you have to take this out. She's like, I knew you were going to say that. I'm like, I swore I was never going to do this. And I did. And so, yeah, no, it's a couple hundred dollars. But I think it depends on how much you get. Needless to say, I won't be going down that road again. I'd rather like not have any lips at all than to look how I look for five minutes. All right, it's good. Lesson learned. Save that cash. <laughs> All right, I'll call. Really yeah, no, I am. That's the most most interesting part of this podcast, and it's it's nine <laughs> podcasts so far. Lip, lip injection. All right, I know you have to go soon, so I'm going to let you go soon. A Why? Because I had to keep tell, asking. If I was gonna get the no, because I, you're I, at I you're at this you're at a charity event, and I I know that you're on a schedule. I don't want to take you away from uh, you know your your your. No, it's a great charity event. We just came from Children's Hospital here. Do you want to talk about perspective on anything? Right. We should let we should let people know as we're taping we're taping this. You're at Rob Riggle's charity event in Kansas City. Missouri, correct? Correct. And they do an amazing thing. It's called the Big Slick. Um, and the, the charity for the local children's hospital where we just went and visited. And um, anybody that's ever known any young child or, you know, even teenager or anybody that's been anybody that's been sick, um, if you go into hospitals like that, perspective is everything. So as trivial as even 
maybe the worst things in my life have been to date are like minuscule compared to what um, these wonderful children are going through. So, yes. So I apologize to keep interjecting, but we're here for a good reason. Today's episode of the Sports Media Podcast with Richard Deitch is sponsored by OneBlade. A lot of men struggle with shaving. I know I certainly do. From ingrown hairs to razor burn to just overall skin irritation. It's a painful chore that most men don't enjoy. Now there's a razor that takes pain out of shaving and makes it an enjoyable experience that you'll actually look forward to. It's called One Blade. Have you used it yet? I believe mine is in transit. I think yours but is you, in transit. You have I, used it, Lou Pellegrino. I, I have used it, and you know, I I have the beard going, and unfortunately, my my hockey team is not in the playoffs, but I still have the playoff beard team? going. We're um, not going to disclose that on this podcast because I'm 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 revolting. I'm uh, I'm resisting. I think Let's it's put the it that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, um, I have the worst razor burn. Oof. Underneath, because I do the uh, the trimming of the neck. I don't want to look like Kyle Orton with the neck beard. <laughs> so uh, I started using uh, the the one blade, and uh, no more razor burn. So I I love it. I absolutely love it. it All right, it beautiful. Really does a nice job on my neck. Success story. I will be eventually getting this. And so one blade will give you the best shave of your life, as Lou Pellegrino has just attested to, with no razor burn or ingrown hairs. It's been obsessively engineered to be the optimal tool for performance shaving, from the perfect pivot and weight to the finest materials, such as ultra-high-grade German stainless steel. This is an heirloom-quality razor that you can pass down for generations. Each one is hand-assembled and serial-numbered, and every one blade is backed by a full 60-day money-back guarantee and a lifetime warranty. So if your family has been asking, what do you want for Father's Day? Looking for Father's Day's gifts here. Give them this URL, onebladeshave.com richard. That's onebladeshave.com richard. Just for Father's Day, you'll receive a free Yeti Rambler with all razor purchases. Again, visit onebladeshave.com slash Richard. That's onebladeshave.com slash Richard. Let me ask you this, because you don't do a lot of this, but um, you're active on social media. You're active on Instagram. You're active on Twitter. Um, but I don't see you talking about politics or social issues, which is interesting yep. to me. And so there must be a strategy here. Behind that, you've seen obviously so many other people in the sports media world in the last couple of years um, uh, address that stuff, sometimes address that to the point where they get uh, in the soup. But that's not – you haven't gone down that road. My sense is that's no. that's intentional, right? We're going to do a Bill Belichick do your job <laughs> quote here and stay in your lane, do whatever you want um, with whatever quote you want to insert. I know what it is that um, – I know what it is that I'm good at, and I try to stay in that space. Politics for me, religion, politics, same thing. I apply the same principles on a date, right? Don't talk about religion, politics, or whatever, your ex-boyfriend's on your first date. I don't, there's no win for me to open up that um, part. I have opinions, of course. Um, I have a pulse, so of course I have opinions on a political landscape or religion or things like that. I just choose to keep those things private um, because I don't feel that that's something that I want to uh, expand upon with people or subject myself to the criticism that they will have based on my opinions. You can critique me for what you think I am as a sports reporter, an entertainment reporter, or hell, as a person, um, but I want to be able to sort of hold those, those things um, close to me which seems ironic given the exposure that I've had lately, but I hope you know what I'm saying. No, I understand. I, I appreciate you answering that. Your uh, beloved Fox Sports, Carissa, is in an interesting place right now in that um, they've, sh- you know, there's a shift going on at Big Fox where they're really getting more into sports. Uh, they got Thursday Night Football. They just signed a deal with the WWE. Now, again, that might not necessarily affect your property, which is Fox NFL kickoff. But I just wonder, as you're, you know, you've been a Fox loyalist for sports loyalist for a long time. Um, it must strike you. It's an interesting time for Fox Sports, right? There, there, things are. The World Cup is coming up. There's a lot of interesting things going on with your employer right now. I think it's an interesting time in sports. I mean, when you look at all the different properties in the world of Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and all this on-demand TV, sports is the one property that it's still appointment viewing. Um, and that creates interest, whether it's from the advertisers, whether it's from you know fans, different sorts of things. It's like for the game, 
you know, the game one of the NBA Finals was on last night, and I probably spent like $120 on these damn apps trying to download them to watch it on my plane because, of course, my flight was right when it started. Um, it's still something that you want to watch. You know, I don't want to land and then hear and find out the score. I want to watch that uh, that game. So sports will always, and that's another thing, too, why I love being aligned in the sports space because there is that emotion. I mean, watching that game last night as it's, you know, it's, it's, tied and then it's free throw and then we're going to overtime and then all of the sort of the drama that comes with sports is something that you can't recreate. I mean, sure, big blockbuster movies and action thrillers and that kind of stuff, but it's just the sports is different and sports is something that um, I have, a, obviously have a big passion for because you don't know what's going to happen. That being said, as it pertains to my employer, yes, it's always exciting to, to it, I don't know how to explain it, but um, you know, it's like if you have brothers and sisters or whatever, and they have growing family, they get married, and they have kids, and, you're, and the family's growing, and then the gathering becomes bigger at Christmas time or Thanksgiving. It's it's nice to see growth um, in a lot of a lot of different spaces. And I, without sounding completely cliche, I'm happy to be aligned with Fox um, for a lot of different reasons, but also just the enthusiasm. Even though people say ratings are down for the NFL, to me, NFL is still the NFL, and there's still there's a lot of power that comes with that. So if I can just continue to work in that space, I'll be a happy camper. All right, Chris, last five minutes. Am I correct that you are someone who likes to gamble on sports? I feel like I read that somewhere. I like to, I'm not allowed to gamble on sports I cover, obviously. Right, right. Um, but I love, like, for, I, I've made, I don't, I don't um, live at the all. You can find me at the racetrack a lot. Wow. Um, that stems from growing up where my grandpa used to take me. It was Long Acres at the time in Seattle, and then it changed to Emerald Downs. He used to take me to the track, and he'd give me 20 bucks when I was 10 years old. 20, 20 bucks? bucks That's pretty sweet. 20 bucks is a fortune, <laughs> right? Right. And, you know, when I like, show the whole thing, and, like, I just remember how, having my little uh, book and looking up the horses and, and learning about jockeys and all that kind of stuff. So I love the track. Um, I am a big, big fan of that, but yes, I enjoy, I enjoy casino. I enjoy, I enjoy a lot of things that related to gambling, except for the, the areas that I obviously can't gamble on yeah, because of, of my respect. Yeah, you position. can't, the, the Thompsons and the Pellegrinos have a lot in common because <laughs> I, I think I knew what an exacto was before I could say the alphabet because uh, I, I used see, to, there you go. I, my grandparents took me to Aqueduct. They took me to Roosevelt oh, Raceway at night for harness racing, uh-huh. Belmont Park. And I'll never forget one one funny afternoon. My grandfather says, come on, let's go to Belmont. I have to be about eight or nine years old. So we go, and my grandfather would always give me $2 a race. Pick the horse that you like, and I'll bet it for you. So we come home, and my grandmother asks, how did you do? And my grandfather, with the stone face, looks at my grandmother and says, ask the little bastard. He hit 10 out of 11 races. Nice. <laughs> and it was on that. I bought new sneakers from it. My mother was very happy. That is a good win. Uh Chris, will you, Chris, will you be jumping on the Seattle NHL bandwagon as a um, beloved Seattle person? First of all, don't call it a bandwagon. I, if, I'm already on. I'm already on the ride. It's like there's no additional attachment, whatever. As somebody who covered the hockey and who knew nothing about hockey before covering it, and I appreciate my employer at the time versus being like, we know you know nothing about this, but you're going to learn and you're going to be great. And I loved every second I've become a a huge hockey fan ever since. I'm, I'm Speaking of gambling, I'm very disappointed I didn't put money on, on the Knights with the 501 odds. Oh, my God. The Cup final. 501? Are we kidding? I know. But anyways, I digress. Um, the bus is here. No, it's not. Um, I am very happy about first sports in Seattle. Um, you know, I grew up with Ken Griffey and, you know, and A-Rod was on the team and, and Randy Johnson and, and games in the kingdom and all that kind of stuff. And it was wonderful, even though the Mariners should have had more success with their respective roster at the time than they did or even since. Um, I I saw what the Seahawks did for that town and my nieces and nephews dressing in, in blue and green on, you know, Fan Friday at, at school. I know what, um, and everybody, you know, who's a fan of sports. I even see it here in Kansas City when we just were at the hospital and they were saying, you know, that the Royals fans and the Chiefs fans, it's Sports have a wonderful way of unifying a community, and so the more sports, especially when we with lost the Sonics, the more sports that can return to Seattle, and hopefully now with um, with the NHL team co- coming to Seattle, we can then get the NBA team that we've, we've been missing as well. So I'm very, very, very happy about that. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great city. All right, Carissa, we will see you this fall on Fox NFL kickoff. Is there anything else that uh, I mean? I, the problem is I could do like. 
two hours with you, but I'm letting you go because well, you, you, you've, 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 you've emitted a lot of energy for this. Because I was crying. No, I, uh, I really appreciate your sensitivity around a subject that to me is, has been rough, but also it's sort of next play mentality. And I know I inundate these podcasts in my life with sports analogies, but I think they're applicable. So thank you for having me. Thank you for having me on again, but also for having some sensitivity around it. Uh, you're welcome. Chris has, and I will let the people know because Chris, Chris and I have certainly talked, quote unquote, offline here. And um, she's always been transparent. She's super funny. And the great thing about her as a podcast guest is it's there's not much different from talking to her away from a tape mic than when the mic is going. So, Krista, you know uh, um, uh, I, I want only success for you heading forward. I always appreciate you being honest with me, and I'm sure our paths will cross again. Thank you very much for joining us Thank on the Sports Thank you so much, Chris Harrison, waiting podcast. in the background. He wants you to have him on his podcast, so go ahead and give him the final rose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Chris, who is Chris Harrison? <laughs> no, I know who he is. Of course I know who he is. All right, Chris, enjoy Kansas City. and Get guys. some ribs or something. You know what I'm saying? Do, yeah. do, do something Kansas City-like. You got it. Thanks, Richard. All right. See you, Carissa. Thank you. Carissa Thompson, everyone. All right. um, My thanks to Carissa, who, um, if you just listen to this podcast, you know how honest um, she is. Um, And, you know, as the interviewer, you have to just sort of, I just think, sort of just like let the person listen. When um, When they're going through something as emotional as clearly what she's gone through and she's sort of breaking down on the phone. Um. You know, I, I'm no expert on this. You just sort of shut up. But I, I really do wish the best for Chris. I think she's, um, at her core, always been a really good person. And that's confirmed from people who I know who know her well. So I appreciate her time. Um, previous podcasts include Grant Wall on the how to cover the World Cup. And then prior to that, Joe Tessitore, Peter King, Doris Burke, Cheryl Reeve, Vern Lundquist, Jason Stark, Ken Rosenthal. Please head to the Sports Media Podcast with Richard Deitch. And check that out on Apple Podcasts. If you like this, please give us a good rating and a review. That is how the podcast stays. Uh, For my producer, Lou Pellegrino, who we learned was a degenerate gambler at eight years old, (laughs) this is Richard Deitch. We'll see you again on the Sports Media Podcast.